Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago. And in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. That might be the one. That might be my favorite Dave Matthews song. Welcome back. Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Happy New Year if you haven't been with us all week. And Happy New Year if you have. Appreciate you kicking with us here on a Wednesday. A couple days away from me, at least trying to get out of town one more time for this football season. Heading down to Frisco, Texas on Friday. We'll have full coverage leading up to, of course, and then from and after the FCS National Championship game between Montana State and North Dakota State. Excited for it. Excited to go check out the venue. Excited to have a bunch of the guys from Skyline Sports in tow with us. And that uh, should be a fun weekend. Missed anything in the first hour of today's show. We talked all about North Dakota State. All the factors that have gone into their dynasty. We also heard from Mac Anderson for our Grizz Star of the Week. He's a junior power forward for the Montana men's basketball team. And uh, also give you some Desperado wings and also give a little update on Grizz Hockey. Find everything 
from today's first hour in the Nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Sportsbet Montana. Well, it's my great pleasure for the third time this football season to welcome in a guy who's taught me a hell of a lot about football and a lot about life as well. It's Mike Kramer, a longtime Big Sky Conference coach, a guy who spent a couple stints, one as an assistant and one as the head coach at Montana State, but also had stints at Eastern Washington as well as Idaho State as well, and a guy who lived a life of football, very connected to Big Sky. Krams, we appreciate you taking some time once again, and it's a big one, National Championship Week. How you doing? How you living? Well, number one, great to be with you. Uh, this is always a lot of fun. It's awesome to see the Bobcats do so well uh, in the face of a lot of adversity. But they took advantage of some home cooking and playing, you know, a nice home schedule during the playoffs other than a great, unbelievable win down in Texas to roll themselves back to Texas for the national championship game 37 years after uh, I was part of something like that. And so, hey, great luck to the Bobcats, and I I think they'll do just fine. You have such interesting perspective on this because, like you mentioned, you were a defensive assistant at MSU in 1984 when Montana State went to the national title game and won it, their last national championship, and their lone Division I AA national championship. And then you were the head coach at Montana State from 2000 until 2006. When you first took the job, though, when you first came from Eastern Washington to Montana State, what did you think that the arc was going to be like? Because I think that a lot of people always knew Montana State had great potential as a university, as well as a football program, and they've had such great tradition and success. But at that moment in time, the turn of the century, Montana State needed a little boost. And now here we are more than 20 years later, and I think Montana State has, is fulfilling what a lot of people, including myself, and I, mean, I think probably including yourself, thought that they could be. But what do you think, have you thought of just sort of the, the re-rise of the Bobcats here these last 20 years, culminating in now this season? Well, the one thing that Bobcat football's had, and I would say since I left, um, they've had strength in the, in the front, strength in the offensive front, strength in the defensive front. Uh, when we got there in 2000, our front was not, not as good as it was needed to be, uh, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, we were going to be okay. But offensively, in our offensive line, that was going to take a while. Well, over a succession number of coaches since then, the Bobcat offensive front has really become a run-heavy, lean-on-you, uh, powerful group of dudes that can hang out and, and be a force at the end of the ballgame. And the defensive front has just continued its long-standing legacy uh, of being a team that could maybe bend but always had some physicality to it could always play well at home but always respond emotionally to playing together and you certainly see this in the 2021 edition uh, I think the, the one thing that Brent has been able to do is he's been able to embellish you know part of that history part of that defensive front history that came long before even I was an assistant coach at Montana State to make uh, Bobcat football responsive in terms of being able to stop the run and be able to run the ball. And so when you have the drama at quarterback, which the Bobcats have certainly had, not just this year, but with the loss of a a couple transfers over the years before, it just seemed to mitigate the fact that they could not rise to the ultimate level uh, of football. Now, we thought we had a chance, of course, with Travis Lule, but we started to get banged up a little bit. We lost some games maybe we shouldn't have lost due to my poor head coaching. We ended up having to go on the road and play playoff games on the road year after year after year. And, and that just is such an uphill struggle that uh, it just highlights the fact that, uh, number one, this win that the Bobcats had down in Sam Houston a couple of weeks ago, that is easily, easily 
uh, the most incredible win in the history of the program, and, and it's ultimately led to an opportunity to play here in January 8th. Mike Kramer joining us here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television. And I want to ask you about that dynamic, Coach. I remember talking to you uh, throughout the years, but also talking to so many people that have been associated with Montana State football. You mentioned the tradition of the defensive front. And I believe that Montana State is the only team in the Big Sky that's had an All-American every decade since the Big Sky started in 1963, whether it's Gary Gustafson or Les Leninger or, you know, Bill Cole or Brad Dawes. I mean, on down the line, all the great players that played for you, guys like John Taylor and John Montoya and then, you know, Dane Fletcher and Bobby Daly. I mean, we could go on and on and on and on. But it seems as if the best defensive linemen, or at least a, a couple of them, always play for the Bobcats. Why is that? (laughs) <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it began with and ends with one guy, Bill Kohler. He was the number three player picked in the NFL draft. He was the most valuable player of the Senior Bowl uh, back in 1973-74. So we're talking about a guy who established a pattern of what the level of excellence was going to be, and it just never slowed down. Even during the lean years, even when the years were we, we couldn't stop anybody or, or, or couldn't win any games. We were still able to, you know, fashion some defensive linemen that could really have an outstanding year. And of course, for us in 1984, uh, Mark Phillips had all the numbers, man, and, and rightfully so. He, he, he was in a position where he could rush off the edge and get sacks, and teams were maybe not as adept at, you know, spinning protection towards him because on the other side, Tex Sikora was also a guy who could rush the passer, and on the interior, Lonnie Burke and Troy Timmer were two guys who, A, stayed healthy, and B, they could always boil up the front also. So our combined interior four, including our linebackers, Greg Wilkes and Kirk Timmer, were about as strong and about as fearsome as you could be, and we stayed inordinately lucky in terms of injuries. Now, the same thing has happened to the Bobcats in, nine, in 2021. They've stayed inordinately healthy in their defense front, particularly on the inside, where they've played very, very well. And, of course, they have one of the most dynamic players in the history of the program, Troy Anderson. So uh, this, is not, this is not luck. This is not just a, a series of events where the dominoes all fell right. This has been pre-planned and pre-ordained, and not just by Coach Choate, who, who was – on hand for the semifinal win, or or any of the other coaches in front of in front of uh, Coach Vegan, this is something that has been the legacy at Montana State uh, outside of outside of maybe a team that could also run the ball a little bit. So uh, I, I love the defensive heritage, the interior defensive heritage, and of course it'll come to the fore this Saturday. Mike Kramer here on Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. It's funny, Coach, because we've talked on the show several times throughout the year, and we've talked about dynamics and matchups and rivalries and all that stuff, but I haven't actually asked you about the guy you just mentioned, Troy Anderson. And to me, he is one of the most captivating figures I've ever covered, and it's not just because of his athletic and academic talents, but because of where he came from and where he's going and all that stuff. But what do you think when you watch number 15 at Montana State? Uh, He reminds me he's a defensive version of Cooper Cup. I mean, he's not... He's not the kind of guy who you're going to look at him and say, look at that dude, until you look at him really, really close, and then you watch his footwork, and then you watch the way he handles himself. You watch his balance and his coordination. You watch how square he stays to the line of scrimmage. You watch how he runs. And obviously, you can see why 
over the years, the Bobcats t- were tempted to play him at quarterback or at running back or at tight end or at wide receiver because he certainly can do all those things. He's got great ball skills. But he also moves at pad level, and he doesn't he doesn't hurry. He doesn't he doesn't run helter skelter. He doesn't push himself out of position just because he has pretty good speed and and and, and he has, just has a good sense of leverage to the ball as a linebacker should. And I see nothing but a very, very long career ahead for him. He reminds me a little bit of Leighton Vander Esch, who played at Boise State, who came out of Riggins, Idaho, which is another small town. Uh, Troy was a you know all around athlete, a guy who could do a lot of things, a pretty good basketball player. So you know, athletically, he's not just a guy who's grown up in a big time high school program where all they did was lift weights, watch video, and go to you know go to football camps. He's he's got a well-rounded athletic persona to him, and that's going to blend in very well with an opportunity, A, at the next level, but B, it's also part of what will happen this Saturday because the moment won't be too big for him because he's been on this stage, not necessarily at this level, but he's been on this stage personally uh, as a leader of the Bobcats for the last two or three years. No question. The fact that he's a you know perfect student and, and just this awesome kid, too, it just makes the story so awesome. It's so so fun to watch. Mike Kramer joining us here on Nuanas Now. And, Coach, I've told the different uh, versions or different elements of this story many times on this show throughout the years. It's one of my favorite stories that exists in all of college football, and that is the run that the 1984 Bobcats went on. But you tell it about as good as anybody. So, you know, maybe not the, the entire um, – you know, 30-minute version, but just take, tell people just about how unorthodox and crazy that season was because you're talking about a team that won, I think, one game the year before and two games the year after, but bookended in the middle, a national championship, Montana State's last national championship, and you were on Dave, Dave Arnold's staff 37 years ago during that run. It's one of those storybooks you read to your kids at night. You know, the good guys won in the end. But in the beginning, man, it was a mess. And we lost our defensive coordinator at the at later parts of July. Uh, we got a little bit of legal hassle with our head coach just before season opened up. And then not only that, we trailed in 10 out of 12 wins. The only two games that we led wire to wire front to end was Northern Arizona on November 10th, which had lost their head coaching staff that week and the national championship game, which was down in uh, Charleston, South Carolina against Louisiana Tech. Every other game was a come from behind. So at some point in the game, we had to rise up and come back. Well, we won an overtime game against Reno. Uh, Jesse Jones took an angle pass across the middle, went 81 yards against Boise State. Uh, We went to Weber State. Uh, early in the in the whole start of the run, and blocked three punts, two for touchdowns. <laughs> Doug Kimball ran a punt return back for a touchdown. I think he's still running on his way back to do that. And we went to Montana in Dorn Blazer, and we're head we were behind 24-12 at halftime. And against Fresno State, a team that we had no business beating, they had with no timeouts left. They threw the ball which gave us a chance, threw the ball on third down, which stopped the clock, gave us a chance with a minute 22 to go to go the length of the field. And Kelly Bradley hit Joe Bignell down the middle versus a blitz for us to win. And that gave us a first-round bye. And not only did we get a first-round bye, we then played Arkansas State on a day when their plane was the last play allowed in because of a snowstorm. And in that game, 
They scored the first two touchdowns of the game, and our defense was never even on the field because Kelly Bradley had thrown two interceptions, both returned for touchdowns, and we still came back and won 31-14. And then a week later, we trailed throughout against Rhode Island at home. And finally, a play that they had run in the first half for a touchdown, the double slant, um, our, our, our safety, Joe Roberts, understood that where the quarterback was going with the ball, and he, he didn't jump the inside slant, he jumped the outside slant, and the rest was history. And then to go to Louisiana Tech and play uh, against a very good football team, we were just, by now, we were so, I would say, punch drunk with luck, punch drunk with success. We couldn't even fathom the concept that they could gain an inch on us, let alone that they could stop us. And we actually kind of played that way. We played like, this is not really going to be a question for us. We had nine sacks. I think we had two or three interceptions. Uh, we forced a couple of fumbles. Uh, William Johnson blocked a punt. We did all the things in the national championship game that we'd done all season long to give ourselves an opportunity to win that game. And I just think uh, maybe that's the story here 37 years later. Nobody thought the podcast could go to Sam Houston and win. Nobody. No, not anybody except those guys. Well, they went to Sam Houston, beat the number one team, came home, played in front of a raucous crowd, a home crowd against the South Dakota State team, which maybe really, you know, could feel its oats a little bit better because they had been there, but the Bobcats persevered without uh, Ivance at running back, and they found a way to be successful with a, a great young story at quarterback. And the humility um, that the program has up to this point was said very, very well down in Frisco. So... A lot of similarity between 84 and 21. <laughs> it's just too bad. It took 37 years of dream to get there. Absolutely. Mike Kramer joining us here on Nuanas Now. I was going to ask you just about the dynamics, but you just said it, and I do think there are distinct dynamics uh, in a variety of different ways, uh, from the Montana flavor of the two teams to some of the elite pass rushers, Mark Fellows and Daniel Hardy, uh, spanning generations and, and sort of the elite talent that they have. And it is. It's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating story. But as you mentioned in the beginning, Coach, this wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for the coaching decision by Brent Vegan to go with a true freshman from Butte, Montana, and Tommy Malott. And Tommy's taking the world by storm. I think he's riding the lightning as hard as any player I've ever seen. But it's also just a spectacular moment in time because nobody believes in himself more than Tommy Malott, and nobody believes in Tommy Malott more than his teammates. And it seems as if he's even completely galvanized a locker room that was already close. And, you know, you watch Troy Anderson and Daniel Hardy talk about this kid, and they're just completely inspired by him. It's like the answer to their long-lost prayers that they've been searching for and striving for for a long time. So, I mean, I've never seen anything like this. How would you put this in perspective? Just a guy that never played a regular season game, and now he's 3-0 and in the playoffs. He's got as many playoff wins as anybody in Bobcat history, and he's never even played in the regular season. Well, didn't we see this with Robert Redford in The Natural? <laughs> it's, a, it's a movie theme. It's a... Uh... It's uh, it's unprecedented. It's fun to watch. It's why sports are sports, because the drama that is sports is nothing that's preordained. It's nothing that, you know, you just can't make a Hollywood movie that people would actually go see that's better than the real life of sports. And that's why we're so enthralled by it. Whether we'll have the ultimate happy ending or not is still to be determined. And I'm sure that the Bison are a little bit, afraid of what the heck the momentum is the Bobcats have found under this kid at quarterback. And I'm sure that they will be in pregame. And this will be the, a fun part. Both teams will eye themselves, each other, 
in pregame. They'll look. They'll take a look. Well, how are they? What do they look like? I mean, really, what are they? Are they bigger? Are they stronger? Are they meaner? Are they tougher? Are they yelling? What, what's the story? And so <laughs> the good part about it is when the ball gets snapped and everybody reverts back to what they are. And it looks like Tommy Malott's a guy who's pretty damn good. Obviously, the similarities between he and Paul Dennehy uh, in the 76 National Championship team uh, are too many to be discounted. Both guys are very smart. Both guys are very savvy. Uh, unfortunately for the Bobcats, Paul had a hard time staying healthy because they ran so much option with him over the course of his career after his sophomore uh, year when he led the Bobcats to the national championship. And let's hope that um, Tommy doesn't get run too much during the course of his career. He ends up a little bit broken down by the time you get a senior because my thought always is you run your quarterback, you better have another one because those guys are always in an exposed position because they are a combination of running back and thrower. And so when you open your shoulders to throw on any type of pass, then you're going to take a pounding. So let's hope that uh, somehow the Bobcats find an alternative at running the ball next year. <laughs> I think they could ride Tommy this year. And, and hopefully he could be the kind of guy that has a dynamic day on Saturday that compels the Bobcats to be close to the end. Because I, I think both coaching staff, uh, both the Bison and the Bobcats, really have the same shovel they're going to dig that hole but they want it to be close at the end they just want to be get us within five or six minutes to where we have a shot have a chance and we'll call it a good day so that'll be fun to watch mike kramer joining us here on espn radio it's nuanas now coming to you around the great state of montana on swx television as well coach kramer part of the big sky conference for the better part of his life as a head coach at eastern washington montana (laughs) state and idaho state and also an assistant on Montana State's 1984 National Championship team. And just a couple more things for you, Coach. One, I find that the, the fact that there's a three-week break between the semis and the and the National Championship, fascinating. And then you also add the dynamic that North Dakota State has navigated that three-week break nine times now. So they, they have this thing down uh, like a business, whereas Montana State has never done this before. So what's that dynamic like? Because, of course, you want to keep continuing the momentum like MSU has this entire playoff run. NDSU has more time to prepare, though, for Tommy Mallott, et cetera, as well as the Bison have just been here before. So what do you think of that element of this matchup? Well, I think the Bobcats have already mastered a little bit of time off, um, having a first-round bye. So there was that time when they could concentrate on going to college. And then, of course, uh, during the playoff run, they had to do – they had to you know, finish the semester and get finals out of the way. And then they had to think about how they were going to practice, where they were going to practice, because the weather can get pretty inclement. And then they had to figure out how they wanted to practice. They wanted to practice young guys. There's so much time so we can get a little extended spring practice before we really start focusing on our game day prep. Because you, you know, what you don't want to do going into a long layoff like that is you don't want to practice, you know, have your best practices eight, nine, ten days before the game. That's not going to work. You need to have your have your best practice, by far your best practice, the Wednesday before the Saturday. And then on Thursday, you clean it up a little bit, and Friday, you goof around a little bit and travel. And, and by Saturday, you know, you're back to being, you know, as close to the razor's edge as you need to be. So the one area, though, that I think you could really, really make uh, an adjustment on your teams, and I know we did it in 1984, is you, you make sure that your kick teams don't get rusty or stale. And we were led by, you know, two 
a great, a really good kicker uh, in Mark Carter, but an awesome punter in, by Dirk Nelson uh, in 1984. And I see the Bobcats in their kicking game also having the similarities in their both their punter and their kicker in that they have been very, very good, and they can change the field and swap the field. And I, I would imagine that both the Bobcats and the Bison have spent a lot of time eating up the time in preparation for the game by making sure that their kick teams are exactly where they need to be. And that then, with the week before the season, or the week before the game, you could go ahead and really concentrate on what you're going to do on first down, second down, and third down. And the dynamic also is that no one has ever had a run like North Dakota State has had these last uh, 10 or so years. And it hasn't just been because of one spectacular player. No, they've had four quarterbacks go to the NFL. It hasn't, and multiple <laughs> offensive linemen and linebackers and all that. It hasn't just been because of one coach. They've had multiple coaching changes, multiple staff overhauls, all of it. Yet here they are at a school that has only been Division One since 2004, but certainly had such unbelievable tradition before moving up to D1. But they've dominated this level of college football like no one has before, and I don't know if anybody ever will again. How much of an advantage is that, and what have you thought just of the this unmovable object, this juggernaut that has been North Dakota State these last 10 years? Well, let's face it. Every one of their national championships have been played on the road. So they travel well. Their fans go to the game, uh, to all the games. And that's one of the attractive things it is for a player if you're recruited to North Dakota State, in that, A, you've got a legacy and a heritage and an environment to live up to, but you also know that your fans' expectations are that, hey, we're going to Frisco. <laughs> so guess what? This, you got you got to fulfill that duty. Every day you get out of bed and pull on your socks, you pull on your bison socks, you're like going, okay, today we're doing something to go to the national championship, not win the Missouri Valley Championship, not win a playoff game, not do that stuff. Our goal is to end up for the at the national championship uh, game site with a chance to, to win the national championship game. And they've done it with in-state recruits, out-of-state recruits. They've done it with a variety of coaches from a variety of backgrounds, yet the mission has always remained the same. And in fact, Colter, I, I will tell you this. Uh, it was in late 2005 or 2006, one of the guys who would go around the country selling, you know, say, scoreboards or video equipment to colleges, he sat in my office in Bozeman and said, you should see North Dakota State stuff. You should see what they got going there. And I was thinking to myself, well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> so whatever North Dakota State had that was attracting recruits, they attracted the right kind of recruits, the right kind of guys who can't have come into that program and lived up to the legacy uh, that was established through the building of maybe better facilities on campus, maybe better practice rooms or meeting rooms or locker rooms or weight rooms. And, of course, uh, the heritage of the entire state, the entire region, uh, is with you every single day. So, like I, like I mentioned before, you get out of bed, you pull on your socks, you get ready to go to Frisco if you're a bison. No question about it. Mike Kramer here on Nuanez Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. And, Coach, we'll get you out of here on this. I mean, I love a great story as much as anybody. That's why I love talking to you because you're such a great storyteller. And this current run by Montana State is among the great stories I've ever seen. A, a, a pandemic and a coaching change and 
uh, a group of seniors that keeps a locker room together. And in the age of the transfer portal, they don't lose hardly anybody and everybody stays and everybody's playing their best football towards the end of their careers. And they get this magical moment where they get the semifinals back in their home stadium. And oh, by the way, it's all led by a kid from Butte America who just couldn't be more affable and more likable. And I just think it has so much richness when it comes to the lineage of the Treasure State and what Montanans love about the game of football. That said, this story could be accentuated even more if Montana State could slay the Goliath, if Montana State could topple the Giant. And it just gets even more rich since these guys have lost in the playoffs to NDSU two years in a row, but now they get them in Frisco, Texas. So what do you think of just this game? What will it take for Montana State to write the final chapter of what is one of the great stories we've ever seen in Montana football? Well, I think, number one, the Bobcats can't lose because they forgot how to. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They're on on such a positive run that losing is, how how do you you lose a game? I mean, what? That's something that just, they just, can't even fathom it. And again, you go back and you talk about COVID transfer, the NIL, all the changes that are going on in the sport. All of them happened to the Bobcats, all of them. In fact, to have your quarterback, your starting quarterback transfer out on the eve of your first playoff game and still have a run of success. That has not been duplicated. I mean, if you look across uh, the, the, FCS level, or the even the or the FBS level, you, you won't find a situation where your starting quarterback, who's took ninety nine percent of your snaps, leaves the program and you get better. Really, really, come on now. <laughs> so hey, guess what? Everybody gets a good Christmas gift here this year. Uh, the story of Bobcat football in two thousand twenty one, and we'll just see if we can ride this thing all the way to the opening of the package on January eighth. Mike Kramer, well, the best. Coach Grimes, always love having you. Appreciate you taking time throughout the season to be with us. And uh, best of luck with everything. But uh, hopefully we cross paths soon. And thanks for being with us here today. Culture is always a lot of fun. And go Bobcats. There you go. Mike Kramer, the big human. Love that guy. Love his storytelling. It's now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. More on the Bobcat game against NDSU. Alex Esherman, Montana State Minute, coming up next. Keep it right here, ESPN. Are you hungry? I'm always hungry. So then it should be no surprise that each and every day on my daily radio show, Nuana's Now, we're giving away great things for you to eat. Whether it's sandwiches from Tagliari Deli, wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, Seattle-style teriyaki from Dobie's, or the Iron Grizz Boil from the Iron Grizz American Bistro, Tune in to Nuanas now from 4 to 6 p.m. every single day on 1029 ESPN Missoula for your chance to fill your belly. What up, Montana? Welcome back. Nuana's now a little Bruce Springsteen for you on a snowy Wednesday. Appreciate you being here with us. Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day. Hope you're having an outstanding day, an outstanding week. 
I have gotten confirmation. Montana State, the Bobcats, they're on. In, they're in the air. The, the bird has left Bozeman. <laughs> They've been there since 8 a.m. Crazy. I shouldn't laugh because that's sucks and it's also bad karma because you know I don't know. Hope that's not for me soon. I hope it's not a premonition of my future. Oh my gosh, Coulter! All I can say is I feel blessed. I, I mean, just to be a part—not uh, necessarily be a part, but to you know cover such a, a wonderful, special program. And this isn't only my first time here. I mean, we got head coach Brent Vegan. This is his first season with the Bobcats. You got OC Taylor Housewright, DC Freddie Banks. I mean, it's pretty incredible that uh, a handful of these first-year coaches have taken these guys and obviously it's an entire group effort with the team and the coaches and the fans but that they've been the leaders to you know bring these guys to their first championship in 37 years it is amazing and uh, there's been so many great uh, dist- different angles to the story and to the storylines they seem to just right. continue to get more rich every single week but uh, a couple Saturdays ago in Bozeman when South Dakota State was in town you know, I've been going to games there for, for 15 plus years and, and that was definitely one of the best environments and best atmospheres I've ever seen there and there were so many different special things that happened uh, in Montana State's 31-17 win but I'll ask you because you're so good at, at just observing the, the human side of all this stuff what, what was your favorite moment from, from that, that entire afternoon and uh, you know anything from the game or, or the post game or anything like that because I think that there was just so many different elements that were were so unforgettable unforgettable is the perfect word Coulter and I think another great word to describe it that Dan Daniel Hardy described it as this coach vegan Amandre Williams a handful of the guys said surreal and that's exactly how it felt I was on the on the field as The fireworks started going off. The clock ran out. I mean, I've only been to this season, as you know, of Montana State football games. You said, you know, 15-plus years you've been here a long time. But that was truly one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting, football game I've ever been able to experience. Between the packed house of 20-plus thousand fans screaming from start to finish, and it was freezing cold, so it really felt like you were in, you know, Bozeman, Montana, and, and you got that feeling of this is an intense semifinal matchup. But as soon as the clock ran out and there were tears with players and coaches, there were hugs. I mean, the fans were yelling, let's go. And there was a, you know, storming the field. It really was an unforgettable game, I think, for everybody. Well, how about that weekend for Daniel Hardy? I and mean, I thought it was so awesome. That, uh, you know, the guy loses his dad when he was in high school and, you know, it, it sort of draws him to football. And, and then he's living a long ways from his mom and he always talks about his right. mom. I mean, he's brought her up all throughout the year and, and how much he's trying to, you know, prove himself for her and, and show out for her. But, you know, to hear him say, my mom was here to watch me graduate on Friday and earn my college degree and then get two sacks, including probably the game winning sack on a Saturday. He said, hey, the first thing I thought of was, where's my mom? I got to go find my mom. And I just thought it was such an awesome moment too. you know, we're a weekend for that guy because I mean, that's a that's a once in a lifetime achievement two days in a row. Unbelievable. And that's the beautiful thing about it, like you said, Coulter. I mean, this team has not only faced, you know, public adversity between getting their their season canceled, uh, well, postponed and then canceled the 2020 season, then getting a coaching change from beloved head coach of Bobcat Nation, Jeff Choate, to first-time head coach Brent Vegan. And look at what, you know, what he's done with this program this year. It's pretty incredible. Then you go into this year, and they go on this incredible win streak. You know, it's, it's amazing. And then, boom, you 
lose to Cat Grizz, and then you lose your starting quarterback for in the regular season that he goes into the transfer portal. Beyond all those things, these players have faced so much adversity, like you just touched on with Daniel. He's and this is not to take away from what he's experienced, but a lot of these guys have experienced adversity off the field and and things that kids their age and young men should their age should not have to experience. Um, you know, at, at their age and the way that how poised they are and how humble and selfless it's it's really a special group. Montana State Minute, Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana Television joining us here on Nuanas Now. Closing in on Montana State taking on North Dakota State, the FCS National Championship game from Frisco, Texas. And it is so true, Alex. I think that that's why, I mean, it, there's the obvious of why the, 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 the group of leaders on Montana State have a, a distinct elevated maturity about them, right. no question. And a part of that is just because they are older. You know, I mean, a guy like Lewis Kidd's been in college for six years. And a guy like, you know, Taylor Tuiasasopo, same thing. But also, it is. I think it's that the, the cumulative heartache that's brought them together. You know, like Lewis's mom was was battling cancer for a long time, and I know I know she's doing well now. But that's tough being away from from family when they're struggling like that. And Taylor too, he has Sobo. You know, he lost his dad in the off season, and you're right. you're right. I mean, these guys have experienced so many of these these personal struggles. But I also think that's what's added to both their closeness as a group as well as just their collective maturity. Definitely. It's been really special, and I can't tell you how excited I am. I know you're excited. We're all going to Frisco to cover the Cats, taking on North Dakota Power, I mean, FCS Dynasty, North Dakota State. And another storyline story that we've all talked about, how fitting is it that Coach Vegan, first-time head coach, yeah. starts his season off against the team that he was coming from in Wyoming, and now he's ending it at the championship against his alma mater, where he grew up, North Dakota, um, and and where he got his start in coaching. Well, one other element that I wanted you to touch on, uh, just to, to let people know, just in case they can make a, a little last-minute uh, last effort here. I know that uh, – I don't know if you've released it yet, but I know you were working on a story about the, the Spirit of the West marching band trying to go down there. I do think that's a great cause because Montana State was trying to raise some money, wasn't necessarily in the budget to go to Texas, and if you're taking you know a couple hundred – people and a couple hundred instruments it's a it's a it's a lofty bill for sure but i know that uh, you were trying to get that out there a little bit at least just in terms of of helping those those people so just tell people more about that i mean I, can people still get involved can they still donate what's kind of the status of of the marching band going to texas Yes, thank you, Coulter. I'm happy you brought that up. And, uh, and you know, it's actually a team effort. We have our morning news reporter, Noah Schmick, uh, for Wake Up Montana working on this. We've got our, our evening news reporter, Madison Atkinson. We're kind of following this together. And it sounds like they are going to be able to send the band. Uh, however, you can still donate and, and make sure to keep up on that on Montana State University's Facebook page. If you scroll down a ways, not too far, you can see see a very easy link and explanation as to how to donate but the great thing is they're matching all the donations to make sure that they can send the band and i think that and the, the players in the and coach vegan touched on this when i asked them about it but i mean can you really imagine a game day of college football game without the marching band right right you, it, you gotta have it you have to have them absolutely and tommy malott he said you know they they run us out they you know they they allow us to have our run out they make it exciting for us and you know they hope that they can get there just as much as they hope they can get there because they everybody feeds off the band's energy every game yeah no, no there's no doubt about it it's an essential part of the deal but no question mm-hmm. so i uh, you can go help them help them get down there donate 
before, after, whatever, I know that they'll appreciate the help, and uh, you can find all that stuff online, like Alex just mentioned. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about uh, this game. I mean, what do you think about this? Because I, I think that it's so hard to even analyze the Bobcats because they just transformed into this juggernaut. They were always so good, but maybe had one or two missing links throughout the regular season. And then once they found their quarterback, it's like the entire team became like this unstoppable force. And so, you know, on one hand, North Dakota State has, has won eight of the last nine national championships. But on the other hand, I don't know how you could possibly bet against the Cats right now because they're just so red hot it's true it's hard to be covering the team and not and, and not want to go you know that it kind of just feels like they're meant to go there and right. do something and it feels like that it's almost their time however i mean winning eight of the out of the last nine championships for north dakota state that's just scratching the surface of how successful they've been in the last couple of decades i mean this team and and they know the Bobcats know that this is going to be a, a tall task. And Coach Vegan even said it in one of his press conferences. He said, you know, we play very similar styles of football. It's almost just going to be like, may the best man win, uh, which is which is exciting. And um, it's going to be a tough task. And uh, Coulter, I was even able to talk to Alex Singleton and mm-hmm. uh, Denary McGee, some of the former Bobcat greats. And Alex said it perfectly. He's like, this is almost kind of like a redemption uh, year for, for the old these for the old guys because Sam Houston State lost to those guys yeah. twice in the playoffs. Denarius lost to to North Dakota State uh, back in the day, and they're just as invested with these guys watching it and following it as we all are, and if not more, I mean, obviously more so. They played for the program, and they know what it feels like to go out and try to win these games, and for this 2021 Bobcat football team to do it, they they are rooting for these guys hard for sure. Well, that's exactly what makes sports so great, right? And, uh, you know, I've mean, i I've heard from Singleton and Daenerys and Elvis Akpla and a lot of these great Bobcats. And now you're Travis Lake called the other night. It's, it's just so good to hear from these guys and, and just the pride that they have in their alma mater. I think they're all sort of living vicariously through these guys. And it's so funny, too, because, you know, Travis Lake and Daenerys McGee are two of the best quarterbacks in the history of the Big Sky Conference. And I think those two guys are two of the biggest Tommy Mallott fans that are exist on the earth. So uh, very cool for these guys, no question about it. She's Alex Eshman joins us every week on the Montana State Minute. Alex, thank you so much for being with us this week. Look forward to seeing you in Frisco and uh, safe travels down there. We very much look forward to watching the national championship game with you and uh, have yourself a great week. Thank you, Coulter. Thank you so much. Always a privilege to be on your show. There you go, the Montana State Minute. Presented in part by JNV Restaurant Supply and in part by Jake Dubeck, your Montana realtor. What's going on for the rest of the week? Well, interviews, interviews, and more interviews. Got a sweet slate for you once again. We'll tell you all about it. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Nuwana is now on ESPN Radio. Hey, it's producer Tommy from Nuwana's Now. Did you know you don't even need a radio to listen to Nuwana's Now? You can watch Nuwana's Now all around the state of Montana on SWX Television, Channel 199 on Charter, or 23.3 on Terrestrial Television. Plus, you can stream every minute of Nuwana's Now live on YouTube. Tune into the stream on 1029ESPN.com or find ESPN Missoula on the TuneIn Radio app. Four to six weekdays on 1029 ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. In any universe, you are my dark star. 
What up, Montana? A little Young the Giant for you on a Wednesday. Wish that those guys would come back to town. Saw them at the Wilma a couple of years ago. It was fun. It's a really good show. And uh, funky band. Really cool. Really fun to observe. Hope you're having an outstanding Wednesday. Hope you're driving slow. If by chance you are driving. It's not pretty out there. But I think it's beautiful. We have all sorts of new friends and neighbors in our community. Many of whom are from out of state. And uh, one of my favorite parts of living in Montana is how absolutely extreme the weather is. So many people complain about it. I think it's hilarious when you do complain about it. Because why complain? Didn't you get the memo that that's what it's going to be like? <laughs> and then I think there's some people that moved here in the last couple years uh, that don't believe the notion that we had kind of mild winters the last couple years. But bring it on. Give me the most extreme. I want negative 20 for 10 days straight. I want 14 inches of snow in one 24-hour period. Give it to me. I'm ready. I'm into it. I'm all about it. Time now for a final word presented by Eagle Satellite. Appreciate Eagle Satellite being on board. Eagle Satellite wants to thank all the current and former healthcare workers out there. They've appreciated all you've done and continue to do. You can call 406-728-9999 to get your free TV package with TV starting at just $59.99, as well as be sure to ask about internet for $50 a month, Eagle Satellite, supporting all the healthcare workers out there and giving you direct, easy, and local options for your TV and internet viewing pleasure. What's going on the rest of the week? Well, more guests. Of course there is. We got one more week of football, which means we're going to load you up with all of our favorite football guests. But tomorrow, the reignition of one of our favorite segments, our good friend Krista Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball insider. She will be rejoining the show for a 10-week miniseries here on Nuanas Now around the Big Sky women's hoops. Uh, Krista will be here for the first hour of every Thursday show. We're very excited to have her on. We're also, during Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops tomorrow, during from 4 to 5 p.m., we'll also hear from uh, Montana State Head Coach Trisha Binford because that, that interview was already on the docket before Coach Binford's games got canceled, and she said, well, I have more time because we don't have any games. So uh, she, we were going to pre-record with her because she was expected to be hosting Idaho on Thursday, but instead Bobcat games got called off because of COVID protocols. But Coach Ben's got a little time for us, so she'll join us about 4.30 in the midst of Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops uh, with Krista Redpath. We're also going to hear from Travis DeCure tomorrow. It's also a Thursday, so that means we'll have our good friend Carolyn swinging by, the chick who doesn't know sports, and uh, also hear from a variety of people that are involved in the FCS National Championship game. Friday, I'll be on the road. We're going to be flying down to Texas, but I have no fear. We'll have a full nuance now for you. Uh, gonna, we're already curating it for you and getting it ready to go. We have a big show on Friday. Really excited for Friday. Brent Vegan, Montana State head football coach, and Matt Entz, North Dakota State head football coach, will both join us. Sam Herter, senior FCS analyst for Hero Sports, will join us as well. Brooks Duanez, SkylineSportsMT.com, will join us. And we'll also hear from the one and only Troy Anderson, Montana State senior linebacker and Buck Buchanan Award finalist. 
So very much looking forward to having all of those fine folks join us. Oh, and of course, I can't skip out on one of the other great storytellers that will join us this week, Dan Davies, Associate Athletic Director for the Bobcats. He'll also join us on Friday as well, so be sure to keep it tuned right here on ESPN Missoula. For the first time ever, we're a little bit early here on Nuanas Now. So one thing that uh, we didn't really get to because we were so busy analyzing things and telling stories is a couple of the uh, clinched positions when it comes to the NFL. So here's where we're at in the in the landscape of the league right now. You got six of the eight divisions have been clinched. The uh, Green Bay Packers have clinched the AFC North. The Cincinnati Bengals have clinched the AFC South, or excuse me, the uh, AFC North. The Tennessee Titans have clinched the AFC South. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have clinched the NFC South. The Dallas Cowboys have clinched the NFC East. The AFC East remains open. The Kansas City Chiefs have clinched the NFC West, and the or the AFC West, excuse me, and the NFC West remains open. So the NFC West and the AFC East are the two. NFL divisions that still uh, have, have not been clinched yet. But the uh, like I mentioned, the, the Packers and the Bengals, the Tennessee Titans, the Kansas City Chiefs and the AFC West, Dallas Cowboys, the champions of the NFC East, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the champions of the uh, NFC South. Uh, the primary contenders for the AFC East include the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. They're each 10-6, and six, and they will have... Uh, they each have clinched playoff spots, so they, they are just jockeying for that division title and the seeding that comes with it. In the NFC West, same thing. The Rams and the Cardinals both into the playoffs, and uh, they're fighting it out for that division title still. And the other team that's clinched that is not in the mix still but has clinched, our, our guy, Andrew Houghton, our producer, his team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's actually one of the great stories in the NFL. Jalen Hurts overcoming the haters. You know, the Eagles having the unlikely and epic run to the Super Bowl and then sort of falling off the cliff because of a variety of reasons that seem to happen so often now in a salary cap league where, you know, the disease of more is real, not just from an attitude perspective, but it's a reality when it comes to finances too. And so the Eagles went from Super Bowl champion to a new coaching staff and a full-on rebuild, and uh, they, they were doing it after moving on from Carson Wentz, a former number two overall pick, and doing it with a guy that a lot of pundits didn't think could play in the NFL. And Jalen Hurts has proved that wrong, and the Eagles are in the playoffs. So I think it's a great um, rebuild for Philly. Really impressive. The teams that have been eliminated, teams that have nothing to play for in the final week of the NFL season include the Dolphins, that's disappointing. The Jets, that's surprising. The Browns, that's maybe the most disappointing team in the NFL this year. The Texans, that's not surprising at all. That was expected. The Jaguars, certainly expected. The Broncos, I think a lot of people around this neck of the woods, I know a lot of Broncos fans, they were all on the Broncos. I thought that the Broncos are still a few years away, and that was proven correct as they did not make the playoffs. But I know there's a lot of hype around here for the Broncos. I was never buying it. The Washington football team, actually, that's a pretty big disappointment to me too. But part of it was just spurred on by injuries, especially when your your franchise guy, your number one guy, Chase Young, goes down. That's a bummer, and I know they've been really, really bad for the last decade plus, but they were pretty good last year, especially the second half of the year, and I thought with a young team and a good coach in Ron Rivera and the fact that they're in not a very good division, 
uh, I thought they had a chance. But then that notion was also bucked because the Cowboys actually lived up to the hype for the first time in, I don't know, a millennium. <laughs> and, and the uh, Eagles surprised everybody. So that also contributed to the, to the uh, Washington football team not being great. Uh, the New York Giants out of the playoff race, not surprising. The Minnesota Vikings, I know I'm a Vikings guy, but uh, that's not surprising to me either. I thought uh, the Vikings are exactly what I thought they were going to be this year. Exactly. I thought they were going to be an 8-9 and nine team. That's what I thought they were going to be. I even put a bet on the Vikings in the preseason. Their over-under win total was 9, and I bet the under. So I'm going to win some money in my own despair. The Bears not in the playoffs, uh, and that's not surprising either. Neither is the Lions. The Falcons have fallen off the face of the earth, even though they're somehow around 500 still. I don't know how. They never looked good to me when I watched them this year. The Panthers are out, and the Seahawks are out. The only teams that haven't clinched that are still alive, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Indy, the Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders, the New Orleans Saints, and the 49ers. So still a lot of teams with a lot to play for, and uh, we'll keep you up to date with all that. Marty Morningweg, our NFL insider, the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. That will be back in full force on Monday when we get back from Texas. But in the meantime, we'll be back at it tomorrow. Again, things kicked off with Around the Big Sky Women's Hoops with our good friend Krista Redpath. We will see you then. Thanks so much for listening today. Tinoana is now back at it, 4 o'clock, ESPN Radio. We'll see you then. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sports Bet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sports Bet Montana location or by using the Sports Bet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sports Bet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sports Bet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sports Bet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.